Well, good morning, good morning, and good afternoon and evening, whatever time you're watching this service. We want to welcome you to Influence Church live stream, and we are seeing people all around the world watching, participating, engaging in the worship and the teaching of the Word of God, and we just want to encourage you right now to share this with all your friends. Be, be just reaching out and touching lives. Uh, we are living in unprecedented times, times that God has given us opportunity don't look at this as a negative time. Look at this as a time where this is an opportunity to minister like we've never ministered before, to reach people we've never reached before. Our headlines are filled with bad news and things that are going on around our world, but I want you to know that as a believer, bought by the, the blood of Jesus Christ, saved and redeemed, we stand tall in the midst of trials and tribulations and difficulties. In fact, I want you to know what's happening today is having a positive effect on those who don't normally pray or read the Bible. Listen to this recent poll that was just done on March 31st. The poll says 29% of the people surveyed said that they see this as the biblical last days 44% say the virus is God's wake-up call. And this survey wasn't done among Christians. This survey was done across the board, and they were asking the question, what kind of day do you think we're living in? The respondents said, we're praying more, we're reading our Bible, we're watching church online. And so these are days that God has prepared for his church, and we need to be ready to respond. I want you to know that this is a day that is spoken of in Scripture as that day. More than 200 times is the reference to that day in Scripture. Each one of them is tied back to prophetic things that God is doing. And each and every time, you're going to see an application that is very unique. That day in Scripture is spoken of as being a distinct day. That is, it's unlike any other day. It is a day that you can say, this is unusual, this is something that uh, must be of the Lord, or that the Lord is going to work in and through. It's also a day marked out in advance. It's not like it took God by surprise. It might have taken us by surprise, but it doesn't take God by surprise. It is marked out in advance by God for a purpose and for a reason. Do you realize that nations cannot rise without his aid? Is it possible then for you and I to look into what's happening today and believe that this is an accident? This is just the failure of man. This is just an oversight. No, there's more than that to this day. It is marked out in advance, and one thing is for certain. It is a radical change in perspective. When you think about our day, everyone's perspective put, was put on pause, and they had to say, there is a new perspective now, and it is creating a radical change in our world, a change that's so revolutionary that I think generations uh, into the future are gonna look back and say, that was a day when things changed. I remember when we were living on the East Coast and 9-11 happened, and it changed everybody's perspective, and we knew that there was something different going on. And that day in Scripture requires new strategies. You can't operate by the same rules you operated before. You can't operate by the same uh, strategies that worked in a prior time. No, these are days for new strategies. And I want you to know one of the strategies 
that God is using in a great way is this strategy of online. I, I was just wa- online a minute ago and I was watching the people just participate and, and just shout out and write their comments. And I just want to encourage you just to encourage one another through your online opportunities to say, read the word of God, pray, and, and do shout outs to your friends and your neighbors as you see those comments coming in to live stream. So this is New Strategy Day because everything has changed so quickly. How many times have you heard that in recent days? Everything changed so quickly. When everything changes so quickly, what you wanna do is step back and say, what is going on? You wanna seek the wisdom of God. You wanna ask God, God, what are you doing today? What are you doing in my life, in my family's life? How do I prepare for this moment? And in this a spur of a moment, I've got to change because everything has changed around me. What looked like normal before is not normal today. And I want you to know that normal probably won't go back to the way it was. You say, I just want things to get back the way it was. Well, do you really? Or have you found some new things in your life? Have you connected with friends and connected with family in a new way? Have you found purpose uh, outside of what you used to find purpose in? And we're gonna talk about some prophetic things today. We're gonna be looking deep into this matter. You see, this is uh, Palm Sunday, but you remember this is Passover week. And Passover was started by God in Exodus chapter 12. And I just wanna read to you from the word of God. God says this, for I will pass through the land of Egypt. And this is why it's called Passover. You're going to see what's gonna happen here. And on that night, I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. Now Israel found themselves in captivity in Egypt. And Moses went to the Pharaoh and said, let my people go, and and he refused. And God sent the first plague, and he refused. He sent the second plague, God refused. You see, God was giving Pharaoh an opportunity to turn and listen to the voice of God. You see, when God brings tribulation on the land, he wants his people, and he wants the world to listen and pay attention that something is happening in your world. And so when he brought the third plague, the fourth, the fifth, finally the eighth, and then the ninth plague, and 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 at each time, Pharaoh hardened his heart against God. You see, when you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Don't resist what God is doing. God speaks in a still, small voice. Our media shouts, screams at us, begs for our attention, but God just steps back and in a still small voice, he says, listen to what I'm doing. Listen to what I have to say. And it says, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. In other words, he was saying to Pharaoh, you're not God. He's saying to us in America, we're not God. We're not in control of our destiny. You might, have, you might go back on your calendar a few weeks or a few months and say, I felt like I was in charge of my calendar. I was in charge of my destiny. Now that's changed, hasn't it? Now you look at it and say, who is in charge of my destiny? Who is in charge of my calendar? We see unemployment numbers rise. We see challenges uh, all across our nation and across our world. Who's in control? God says, I am the Lord. And then he says, now the blood shall be a sign. You see what God was doing, he was instituting and he was showing them the sacrificial lamb that would be given 
for the sins of mankind. And he said, I want you to take the blood. I want you to put it on the doorpost of your house. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Listen to what it says. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, God says, I will pass over. This is where the term Passover came from. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You see, there's a principle in scripture. God provides a special protection for those people who are truly walking with him. We might say, well, we're a Christian nation, aren't we? Well, we say that, but how many Christians are there in this Christian nation? How many really are called and committed to the cause of Jesus Christ? You see, one thing that difficulty does is it challenges Christianity that has become a hobby for so many to become a reality for all. And what you want to do is press in during these times and say, you know what? The Christianity I was living with was shallow. It was empty. It was convenient. I went to church when I wanted to go to church, and now you can't go to church. Now you're forced into a different arena where you have to dig deep into your heart, into your perspective, and see what's going on. And it says, the plague shall not destroy you. You see, God says, I want to protect you. I don't want to destroy you. I made a provision for my people in Egypt that none of them, not one of them, would be touched by the plague. And you see, God is doing the same today. He's saying, would you allow me to protect you in this time? You see, there's an economic rearrangement going on throughout the world. Jimmy Evans put it like this. The original Passover resulted in a massive redistribution of wealth. That's happening today, isn't it? You see, already I just read stats that in the trillions, $19 trillion worth of wealth has been lost uh, over this short time period. Think of that number, $19 trillion. Some of that's your 401k1. Some of that is your investment, your retirement, your portfolio. And all of a sudden it was wiped out in a moment. God says, I, do I have your attention yet? And from the Egyptians and from the Jews, he said there in the original, Jimmy goes on to say, it literally took wealth of the unrighteous who would use it for evil and gave it to the Jews who would use it to build the tabernacle of the Lord. Do you know that God is going to redistribute money? There are going to be people that were billionaires that are going to become millionaires. There are going to be people that were millionaires that are going to become paupers in this day. There are going to be people that had, were thriving in their business and in their realm of success, and they're going to find themselves struggling. There are going to be others that are going to rise to the top. And I believe God is redistributing wealth for a reason, because he's preparing us for the days that we live in, the days that are moving, where God is going to bring in a great movement of his spirit in these last days that will amaze everyone that will look back on all the great revivals and all the great awakenings of the past and say, no, now look what God is doing in these last days. Sandy Baker Mitchell said this, and I thought it was so prophetic. In three short months, just like he did with the plagues of Egypt, God has taken away everything that we worship. God has said, you want to worship athletes? I will shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I will shut down the civic centers. You want to worship actors? I will shut down the theaters. You want to worship money? I will shut down the economy and a collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me? I will make it where you can't go to church. 
I believe what's gonna come out of this is a hunger to be in community, to be back into the community of faith. I believe there are gonna be people that are gonna to come to their spiritual senses through this time, and they're gonna say, you know what I need to do is I need to reinvest myself back into the kingdom of God. There are gonna be others gonna go, you know what? I'm gonna go back to normal, everything's fine. And, and you're not gonna understand what God, the opportunity God has given you now to change the life of your family and for generations to come. So many parents have not invested in kingdom values into their family. Oh, they've invested in athletics and, and education and other things like that, which is good, but to, to the detriment of investing kingdom principles and the word of God in the life of their children. Have you heard this lately? Nothing makes sense. And we, we ponder this, and what is happening? Why is this virus so different, and why is the entire world shut down? It doesn't make sense. If you look at the numbers, it doesn't make sense. If you look at the hysteria that's going on around the world, it doesn't make sense. There's no reason this should shut down our world, and yet it has. And when nothing makes sense, I always go to Isaiah 55, verses six through nine. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. You see that scripture? It says, I'm not always going to be found by you. If you have a heart that is seeking him, I can be found. But sometimes we, we become so close-minded and so cold-hearted that we can't understand that God is seeking. Are you seeking God? He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Do you know that he's near to you right now? Would you just speak out to him right now, right where you're watching? Would you just say, God, I'm here, and I want to hear from you. It says, let uh, the wicked forsake his way. You see, it's a time of examination, isn't it? What's in your life that needs to go away? Would you just offer that to God right now? Would you say, God, I'm just going to give you that right now. God, I've been holding on to that thought. I've been holding on to that habit. I've been holding on to this and that for so long. God, I'm going to give that up. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. You see, the thoughts, they dictate your whole future. If you're, if you're fearful right now, your thoughts are dictating your future. If you're, if you're thinking of, of, of a victim mentality, then it's dictating your future. And it says this, let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. What happens when we return to God? He says, I have mercy on you. I put my mercy on you when you return and to our God, he, God, he will abundantly pardon. This is the beautiful thing about God is God loves you and God wants to redeem you and God wants to save you. And when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, but respond to him in faith and trust him with all of your heart for he will abundantly pardon. And then listen to this scripture. When things don't make sense, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. God says, just because you can't understand it doesn't mean I can't understand it. Just because you wouldn't do it this way doesn't mean I wouldn't do it this way, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God says, you can think the greatest thought you have. God says, I'm so beyond that one. I've thought of things so far beyond that. 
I establish the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. I know all things. He is a God. It is all powerful and all knowing and all wise. And you say, well, if he's so all knowing and so wise, why does he bring this calamity upon us? Well, I don't know if God did or God allowed man to do this to himself. You know, sometimes the God's greatest judgment is taking his hand off and letting us run our own life. And when we, when we start to run our own life, things begin to take a downward spiral, don't they? Listen to words here of Jim Lafton. He said, God is using COVID-19 to plow America and break through hearts that have been hardened to him. I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but my heart is softer toward God. Is your heart? Is your heart more tender? Are you more curious about what God has to say? Are you more curious about God, what, what God wants to do in your life? You see, there's a plowing that happens in tribulation. Another headline caught my attention, especially the image. It says, New York has been crushed by COVID-19. Will other U.S. cities be spared? We're seeing what's happening in New York. It's an epicenter of, of difficulty and challenge. And you, and you see this image of, of the, of the, empire, of the uh, Statue of Liberty wearing the, the mask, and you think, what is going on in our world? Look at this challenge we find ourselves in. And when you see that, you go, why New York? And we can, we can come up with all the sociological reasons. They didn't close it down quick enough. Maybe it was, it was just too many people living in too tight a quarters. And I think all of those things are true. But I want to take you back I want to take you back more than 30 years to 1986. David Wilkinson said this in 1986, and everyone thought he was crazy, but now his words are popping back up to the screen of our life. He said, I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars, the churches, and the government will be shut down. Now imagine how crazy that must have seemed in 1986. Are you telling me the bars and the churches and the government will be shut down? This plague will hit New York City, and will shake it as it has never been shaken before. Why, we saw 9-11 was shaken, but you see, we see a, a greater shakening happening right now. There's a shaking happening in New York that is unprecedented in our nation's history. And it says the plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles, and repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit, and out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. What if, what if the days we are living in today and the challenges we find, the setbacks, the difficulty we're going to experience, what if it would bring about a mass conversion of people to faith in Jesus Christ? What if your relative got saved? What if your neighbor got saved? What if the moral climate of a nation was changed because of the difficulties we find ourselves in? You know, one thing I know about Scripture and I know about God, only one crown will prevail. There's only one who's going to wear the king. Uh, a, a crown of a king. There's only one that's going to prevail in these, this climate in which we live, but there's many false crowns that are here. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 24 about the last days. Therefore, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders and deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, we typically think about someone coming on the scene and saying, I am the Christ. But remember, it's talking about the Messiah. The word Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. So there are gonna be many who are gonna come and say, I'm the Messiah, I can save you. 
and they're gonna they're gonna seek devotion from you. They're gonna seek uh, your your loyalty in all situations. In fact, isn't it interesting? that the virus that we're facing today, COVID-19, and we've seen this image how many times? Thousands of times. It's This image has been portrayed, the image of COVID-19, and it's called the corona, or in Latin, it means the crown. Here's a crown that's coming, and it's got the entire world shaking and worried, and, and somehow there's an allegiance that goes to say, I'm gonna give my allegiance to fear, Because in this time that we're living, what am I going to do? This crown has come against me. This Messiah has come, not to help me, but to destroy me. What will I do? In Zechariah chapter nine and verse 14 and 16, we're gonna see the reference here that's gonna be amazing. Then the Lord will be seen over them. You know what happens when you seek the Lord? It says the Lord will be seen. He will be seen. Are you seeing the Lord? Oh, not with your physical eye, with your spiritual eye. Are you seeing God in this? Are you seeking God in this? Are you pressing into God in this? It says the Lord will be seen over them, and his arrow will go forth like lightning. He says you're going to be seen quickly like an arrow, like lightning coming to your heart. Then the Lord will blow the trumpet and go with whirlwinds from the south, and the Lord will defend them, and they shall devour and subdue with sling stones. Now just pause there for a moment. It's pretty obvious, the reference. He's giving you a reference here to David and Goliath, and he's saying just as David was powerless against his enemy, and just as David defeated his enemy, this giant, with just a single stone and a sling, So you are going to be equally powerful in the face of your enemy. You're going to face insurmountable odds, and yet you're going to win. You see, because God is going to defend you, and you're going to devour and subdue. How? You're going to do it with sling stones. They shall drink, and as if if wine, they shall be filled with blood basins like the corners of the altar. You notice he references here the altar of God, and he says, you're going to have to sacrifice your life. You're gonna have to stop living for you and start living for God. You're gonna have to put away you and put God back on the throne. You see, God always requires sacrifice of us. God always requires us to humble ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him. That's the Christ way. And it says, look at this, and God will save them when in that day. What makes it interesting in this passage in Zechariah is the one that Luke and Matthew and John all quote as Palm Sunday. They come back, and if you read earlier, it's all talking about something prophetic, something that's happening in our world. And it says, and they shall be like jewels of a crown. Now notice this. Here's a reference to the crown right here. God says, you're gonna be like a jewel in the crown of God. And that word that's used there for crown is one that means consecration and separation. You see, God takes all the stones and he places them just the right place. He places you in just the right place. He says, you wanna see my glory? I wear my glory on my crown, it's you. The crown of glory, you're an individual stone in the crown of Almighty God. And it says, I'm gonna lift it up like a banner over the land. God says, I'm gonna let my people prevail and I'm gonna lift them up like a banner. You see, the, the Bible says that in the, as we get into the light, latter days, the things are gonna get darker and more challenging for us, but those who know the Lord will shine brightly like the stars of the heavens. You see, you're a crown. 
you're, you're a jewel in the crown of Almighty God, but only one crown will prevail. When we look a little bit deeper into that word crown in the New Testament, it's the word diadem. And it is, in the Latin, the word corona. Isn't it interesting how God puts these little keys in Scripture? And that, that word diadem is a word that means a crown in the sense of a wreath, a garland, a badge of victory in the games, of civic worth, of military uh, valor. It is a crown or the badge of royalty. Right now, everyone is looking at the false crown, the corona crown. And their emotions are given to that crown. Their time is given to that crown. Everything's worried about what is that crown gonna do in my life? And every time we give allegiance to it, every time that we, we worry about it, every time we give fear to it, it is empowered over us. I want you to do this. I want you just to say right now to that corona crown, I'll have nothing to do with you. My God is my savior. My God is my protector. My God is my Lord. There's only one crown, and it's the crown of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, John said this, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. This is picturing the second coming of Jesus Christ. And John is writing, and he's, he's there uh, on this Isle of Patmos as a prisoner because of his faith. And God opens up this revelation to him and begins to show him what the future is going to be like. And he sees this picture of a returning Christ. And for him, the picture was that of a conquering warrior. And it says he was faithful and true. In righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head, now look at this, were many crowns, and that's the word diadem. You know what he does in his second coming? He takes the crown from every false king on planet Earth. He takes every crown, and he says, no, that's mine. The crown of wealth, I'll take that one. The crown of popularity, I'll take that one. The crown of, of of actors and athletes and everything that we worship today. You say, I don't worship those things. You give your money, you give your time, you give your emotions, you give your attention, and you give all of those things in greater degrees than you give to God. It's your God. Step aside and let the Lord be God. Put things in balance. Put athletics and put music and put acting and put all those things. There's nothing wrong with any of those, but put them in the right category and put God as king. And it said he had a name written on him that no one knew except himself. You see, when he returns, he's going to have a new name. Well, why does, what about the old name? No, he's going to have a new name, and it's reserved for his children. And it says... He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now think of that, the Word of God. You see, it was the Word that came and, and became God in the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says, we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. When you saw Jesus, you said, that's God. That's God in the flesh. The armies in heaven followed, clothed in, in white and clean linen, and they followed him on white horses, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Remember, this is what's called apocalyptic literature. So they're painting pictures of you to communicate a greater truth. 
And it says, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. What is that sword? It's the word of God. That he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And he himself treads upon the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God Almighty. And he is on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. You see, ultimately, there's going to be one king that's going to prevail over all the earth. It tells us in Revelation that the great and the strong and the mighty on earth, why, what they're going to do is they're going to cry out to the rocks to fall on them, to save them from the wrath of the king. Guess what? Now's the day to find the truth and the power in Jesus Christ. Now's the time to be a loyal follower of Jesus Christ. I wrote a prophetic blessing that I want you to repeat with me. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, I want you just to speak this out loud. It goes like this. I will not yield. Just say it right now. I will not yield to the power of disease to disrupt my life. I rest in his presence. Just say it. I rest in his presence, knowing that he will protect me from those things which seek to destroy me. As Israel was protected from the plagues of Egypt, so I am protected. Now just proclaim this. As a child of the living God, if you don't know for certain that you're a child of the living God this morning, would you call on his name? The Bible says that all who call upon my name will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, here's the promise, you will be saved. You will be saved. Just humble yourself right now and say, I want to be a child of the living God. I receive as a child the healing in the atonement of Jesus Christ. Atonement means that he has, he has made us one with him. He has covered all of our sins. My faith is strong. You say, well, pastor, I just have small faith. That's all you need. Just a little faith can go a long way with God. He says a little faith can move a mountain. Why not just exercise that little faith right now and say, my faith is strong and it does not waver in the storm. Oh, the storms are gonna come. It's this one this year, next year it'll be a different storm. The real question is, do you have what it takes to sustain yourself in the middle of a storm? And that's Jesus Christ, the Savior, the King, the Lord of the earth and the universe. Call upon his name and be saved. Would you do that? You know. If you've received Christ today, we want you to respond to us. You can, you can message us at, at, uh, from Facebook. You can email us. You can reach out to us and let us know, Pastor, I became a Christian today. What's my next step? And we're going to, wherever you live, we've got people watching all over the Middle East and Australia, South America, Canada, all around the world in Europe. People are watching right now and they're listening. They're listening to the message of God. And as you hear the message of God, humble yourself. Don't resist him. And then communicate with us, and we'll help you from wherever you are in the world. We're going to give you, reach out to you for prayer. We're going to give you materials. We're going to help you to thrive as a believer in Jesus Christ.